this 2023 NFC West Division betting preview of the NFL Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by our Patreon. Score exclusive perks, content, and contests, including our NFL Wins Total Contest with a $1,000 prize. Join today at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Patreon. I'm just about that action, boss. Welcome, everyone, to the NFL Gambling Podcast, part of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It is August the 1st, currently 12.05 on the East Coast, the first division preview for the upcoming NFL season. And I had to kick it off with the best division or my favorite uh, friend of the network. But first, joining (laughs) me here, hey, Rod, we are back, my friend. How's it going? It has been too long since that beautiful face of yours has been on my screen. (laughs) I am stoked to be back and breaking down some NFL content with you. And I'm excited because this is my first on-camera experience with Katie. I get to host with her. And, uh, man, we both are Niners fans, which you'll find out as the show progresses. Uh, But we also found out that we don't live too far away from each other. So I feel like beer and a Niners game is in our future uh, because we've got to cheer together. Oh, hundred so. percent, uh, Rod. You're too kind. We we or I have the face up for radio, so um, yeah, we'll leave it at that. But not you true. Guys the world the... needs to see that beard. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, right now, room. This is yeah. Just wait for NFL season when I when I go visit my barber and he he cleans oh. me up very nicely. I don't look as homeless as he likes to say sometimes. <laughs> I haven't seen him for a couple months, um, but yeah. But you guys heard the voice. I had to kick off the division previews with our favorite. A friend, not even a guest, she's our friend of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, Uh, president of the uh, 49ers fan club. I must say that. Okay. (laughs) It's host of the Moxie Bets. You can also find her on the Pick Six Pod. You can find her on CBS Sports and also on Sportsline. Katie Mox. Katie, how's it going? Uh, fellas, it's going well. Thank you so much for having me on today. You know, I always love to talk 49ers and love to trash the other teams in the NFC West. So I'm excited to be here. And Moonoff, it's very interesting and funny that you said I was the president of the 49ers fan club. So funny story. Um, I was a season ticket holder for the 49ers for about seven years until I moved here uh, to the East Coast for work. Even though I lived in LA, I was flying up for all of the home games. And um, it just so happened that it was a Monday night football game. I'm up cheering on my feet, as you know, I would be. And uh, the whatever the team photographer, something took a picture of me, ended up on the website. And then um, my friend that works in football ops for the Niners was like, hey, did you know that you're in the in the program? And I was like, oh, I'm in the program. I am the face of the faithfulistas, which is and I'm not even in the faithfulistas. They, they, they took my photo of me cheering. I have to find it. It's actually behind me in one of these books. But I am now the face of the faithfulistas, which is the women's group. Um for the 49ers, which I just think is like hysterical. So I am actually the president. And I was like, they should invite me into the faithfulistas. Like nobody even reached out to me and you're using me in your ad. 
Hey, we're gonna have to uh, figure that out and get you. Uh, yes. Get you your I know, proper give me a, give me an honorary membership. Yeah, there we go. Something like that. Uh, maybe not go to the Ring of Honor in the stadium, but we we got we got to figure something out. I'll, I'll put Rod up to that task since he's closer to the area than I am. Um, but hey, NFC West, like I mentioned, we'll go through each team. And I jokingly said it before the show that we'll probably spend like 20 minutes combined on the other three teams. We'll spend about 30 minutes talking about the 49ers. Hell yeah. Be- because it's pretty much it, that is what it, this division is right now, right? We have two teams in the Rams and at least the Cardinals that at least one team looks like they're in rebuilding mode. Um, and then you have the Rams that pretty much mortgaged their entire future uh, when they did trade uh, for Matthew Stafford and made their Super Bowl run. Um, and got the Super Bowl or won the Super Bowl a couple seasons ago. But um, let's just kick it off with the uh, Arizona Cardinals for this upcoming season. Uh, they have a win total right now of four and a half wins, uh, division odds of 25 to one for them to make the playoffs. It's 11 to one, conference odds 100 to one, and 201 to win the Super Bowl. So that word kind of tells you what the odd makers thinks of this Cardinals team. Obviously, the big story is Kyler Murray. He did suffer the torn ACL last season. Uh, in week 14 against the Patriots. And from everything I've read, and I'm, I'm sure Katie and Rod will expand on this as well, is that they're not in a rush to bring, you know, Kyler Murray back. And I know ACLs typically take anywhere from eight to 12 months to recover from fully. Um, obviously, new um, a new head coach and Jonathan Gannon, new coordinators, and a lot of roster turnover as well. Uh, Rod, why don't you lead us off with the Arizona Cardinals, four and a half. I mean, a lot of, People in the bookmakers are obviously are expecting this team to probably have the number one pick or at least a top three pick in next year's draft. I know Caleb Williams, the USC quarterback, is going to be the highly coveted quarterback uh, for the next year's draft. But I think it's going to come to a point for this team is that, hey, do they want to move forward with Kyler Murray? Because they play, paid him a lot of money last offseason to that contract of five years, $230 million. It's going to come to a decision point. Hey, do we want Kyler Murray or do we move on and go in a different direction at the quarterback position. But thoughts on the Cardinals coming into the season, Rod? You feel bad because you invest all that in Kyler Murray, and then what have you gotten so far out of it? You've gotten a lot of great storylines. You've gotten a, you've got to watch the film storyline, and that's that's really about all you've got out of it. But listen, Munaf, who, it doesn't matter who's throwing the ball. Who's catching the ball in yeah. Arizona? Yeah. I'm telling you right now, that wide receiving core is like a list of milk carton guys. I don't know. I don't know who they are. Like, Rondell Moore is probably the standout, right? Greg Dortch, uh, Marquise Brown, yes. But which Marquise Brown are you getting? Like, I, it's again, this offense is atrocious no matter who's throwing the ball. So to win four games, I mean, look, defensively, that's, that's fine. But you got to score points to win games. And I don't know that yeah. this offense, with or without Kyler Murray, is going to score any points. Yeah, I mean, look, you're, you're going into this season, and I'm tr- I'm pulling up. I don't think they're favored in any game this season, um, no. and rightfully so, right? And again, there's going to be a big Week 11 game between the uh, Texans and the Cardinals, and I've said this on multiple podcasts because the Texans traded for that number three overall pick with Arizona in this last year's draft where they picked double Anderson, and the uh, Texans actually traded their own first-round pick uh, to the Cardinals in next year's draft. So you know the Texans are going to want to get that game. But for this NFC West, they're facing the AFC North uh, this upcoming season and also the NFC East, right? I mean, two of the better divisions uh, in the National yeah. Football League. But Katie, uh, talk to me about the Arizona Cardinals. 
Uh, look, they have the lowest win total in the division. It was five. It's been bet down uh, to four and a half. And obviously, this is for a good reason. I don't see the Arizona Cardinals winning many games this season, season even with such a low win total. And you think out of 17 games, it's got to be easy to win five, right? But to what everybody we just said, Colt McCoy is your guy, uh, potentially, right? You don't know when Kyler yeah. Murray is coming back. And it's very interesting to me because on the Pick 6 podcast, we did this all 32 series where we had insiders from every single team come on. We had this guy, Johnny Venerable, come on and talk about the Cardinals. And obviously, he was uh, of the glass half full. But, he, but he, what he said was interesting when looking at this win total is that Let's say the Cardinals start out and they lose the first five games or six games, or maybe they win one game in on that. They're in no rush to bring Kyler Murray back at this exactly. point, right? You might yeah. as well just, but let's, but let's say they surprise people and win three games, four games, whatever it is. Then that timetable for Kyler Murray to come back is going to be a little bit more accelerated. And we did see that Kyler came out and he said, Oh, I don't want to rush anything. These things take time. We'll see how it goes. So it, it's either if they start off and they're bad, hammer this under, which I'm hammering it either way, to be honest. But but it is interesting that if they somehow surprise people in this this rookie group of pass catchers and Colt McCoy, because we've seen some sparks in Colt McCoy here or there. Of course, he's not necessarily what he used to be. He's getting a little bit yeah. older. Then they may actually turn out winning some games. But Munaf, as you said, rookie head coach, rookie offensive coordinator, rookie defensive coordinator. And let's not act like Gannon was a huge get for them. I think if you talk to Philadelphia fans, they're like good riddance to Gannon. So yeah. you have him coming here and, oh, look, maybe he's better than Cliff Kingsbury is. I just can't get behind this team. If anything, what I would bet is for them to have the lowest wins. And I believe that's at like plus – 200 or plus 130 or 150 or something. I have to look that up. I don't know why it's not in my notes here, but Cardinals to have the least amount of wins this season is the only thing that I would bet on Arizona. And it makes a lot of sense, right? Uh, and from everything I agree with, you know, what you said about Kyler Murray is that, hey, let's say they start 0-3, 0-4, 1-5. You're probably going to want to end up sitting Kyler for the rest of the season, right? Especially when you're dealing we're talking about ACLs and things like that because there's no reason to, for him to be out there. Like at that point, you're not competing for anything, right? Um, but even if he does come back, like you mentioned, Katie, that if in, even if they start off, let's just say a respectable two and two or three and two, they they get an upset win because again, like we mentioned, they're underdogs in all 17 of their games for this upcoming season. Obviously, that may change if they do get Kyler Murray back. But I mean, also from a roster perspective, and a lot of us, you know, we read the football Bible of Warren Sharp. He has this positional unit ranking the quarterback, sorry, the uh, running back room, the ranked 31st out of 32 teams, front seven, 32, dead last, secondary, 29 out of 32 teams, head coach, rightfully so, Jonathan Gannon, like you mentioned, Katie, didn't really overall impress me when he was with Philly last season. He's ranked number 32 out of 32. Again, it's a rookie head coach. You mentioned it, rookie offensive coordinator, defensive coordinators as well. So it feels like this is just a transition year from what Cliff Kinsbury had for this team in the previous couple seasons where they just had didn't have a lot of success. And the interesting part about Kingsbury was that they got off to great starts in those first half of the yes. season. It's in the second half of the season where they were absolutely <sighs> atrocious. So if I'm everything I'm reading, 
that obviously everything with Jonathan Gannon has been a cultural shock for some of these players on the Arizona Cardinals. But from a pure roster perspective, this team is just not very good. And I think that, you know, we talk about the positional rankings from Warren Sharp. I hundred percent agree with it, but there was not a lot for me to look at this Arizona Cardinals team. Uh, Brian, anything else to add about this uh, Cardinals team? So just to back Katie up on that, Arizona two to one for fewest wins. They are the favorite yes. in that. Eight yes. to one is the Tampa Bay right above them, Katie. I, I that that tells you miles of what the bookmakers are thinking about uh, as far as what the Cardinals bring to the table this year. Katie, anything else for the Cardinals? No. <laughs> the Cardinals, the Cardinals are going to get swept in the division. The Cardinals are going to have the worst record. Yeah, two to one. Go ahead and take that bet right now because I, I believe more in Baker Mayfield, which says a lot, uh, and the Bucks uh, than I do in this Cardinals team. I think they're going to start off slow, and then they're in no rush to bring him back. That is the only thing that I would bet on the Cardinals. All right, before we get over to the Los Angeles Rams, let me tell everyone about the Sports Gambling Podcast Patreon. Sports Gambling Podcast Patreon is a perfect. For the diehard DGEN, sign up for the Patreon to get access to exclusive contests, including the NFL win totals contest with a $1,000 first place prize, plus a monthly SGP Stories podcast and an ad-free uncensored show highlighting the best stories from decades of being DGENs. There's even a Discord channel just for our patrons. The Sports Gambling Podcast has and always will give out all their picks for absolutely free. The Patreon is a great way to support the network and fight back against corporate gambling. Get all the details over at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Patreon. Again, sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Patreon. All right, moving over to the next team in this division, the Los Angeles uh, Rams, two seasons removed from their Super Bowl uh, victory. Um, and again, last season, this team ended up with a 5-12 and 12 record. A lot of that had to do with injuries, right? Uh, Cooper Cup uh, was injured. For a lot of the games, we also saw Matthew Stafford dealing with various injuries as well. And coming into this season, again, a team that I talked about at the top of the show that doesn't have a lot of draft capital because they traded a lot of it in some of the trades that they did make uh, to make that Super Bowl run. Um, currently, their win total sits at six and a half. Their division odds are 10 to one for them to make the playoffs at plus 310. Conference odds are at 45 to 1, and Super Bowl odds are at 65 to 1. Um, Katie, you want to lead us off with the Rams here? Again, we talk about the bottom yeah. uh, two teams in this division, the Rams and the Cardinals. I think the only plus thing about this team is probably the head coach, Sean McVay. But other than that, there's a significant fall off after we talk about on this roster after Aaron Donald, Cooper Cup, and uh, mm -hmm. Matthew Stafford, if that. But thoughts on this Rams team? Yeah, you know, it's so funny. Like, oh, how the mighty have fallen. And I'm not just talking about the Rams. I'm talking about the NFC West. There was a time where the yeah. NFC West was the best division in football. And now, outside of the 49ers and the Seahawks team that's actually having a resurgence here under Geno Smith, and I know we're going to get into that later, it's awful. I mean, the Cardinals suck and the Rams suck. And at the six and a half, I'm not, I'm, I don't think I'm betting their win total, but I would definitely lean under here. And Munaf, you said it. They've got the boy wonder coach, which you can never really count out Sean McVay and his ability yeah. to draft some pretty amazing plays. And their offense is going to move the ball down the field. Mm -hmm. But it's like, okay, you've got Aaron Donald, uh, who, what, maybe we're going to see one more year of him. You've got Cooper Cup. 
how much do we think that Matthew Stafford is going to play, right? Because I'm thinking about this kind of in the similar way that I was thinking about Kyler Murray, where it's like, he's older, he's coming off some pretty serious injuries. I think we might see Stenton uh, Bennett more if it's, if they start off slow and he's not doing well, there might be a little changing of the guard here to kind of save his health. So I lean under on this one. I don't have high hopes. They sold their souls for the Super Bowl and they yeah. got it. And it is going to be a while until we see the Rams as actual contenders again. Now they are going to win some games because they mm-hmm. have Sean McVay and they have Cooper Cup and he's just going to be somewhere out there in the backfield and you're going to be you know out there in the field and he's going to get the ball. So he's going to get some touchdowns. But he is from what I saw this morning, Matthew Stafford props are off the board right now. I haven't been able to find any, but I would probably take those unders because I think we're going to see Stenson Bennett um, at some point in the season. And everything that I've seen, at least on the Twitter verse, or I should say X verse, I should say now, uh, <laughs> Rod's laughing over there. The um, yeah. We've seen some um, positive news or I guess Stenson Bennett's uh, turning some heads, at least in training camp. Uh, for the Los Angeles Rams uh, thus far um, for the upcoming season. So you're right, Kay. We may see that, hey, if Safford, again, has been injury-prone throughout his career, at least when he's gotten here with the Rams, and again, he's getting up there in age as well, right, Um, that if there comes to a point where this team is 3-7, and 4-8, and eight, there's no reason to leave Matthew Stafford out there and have him get hurt. And let's just see what we have in Stenson Bennett because he possibly could be the future quarterback of this Los Angeles Rams franchise. But I think that alone with Sean McVay as the head coach, that's worth a couple wins in there because the way yes. this guy preps and we've seen the interviews uh, from Sean McVay that he remembers a random play in week seven against yes, the Jaguars, like in the third yes. quarter. with and he'll four recite minutes it. Yeah. yeah. He'll recite. It. It's crazy. So, um, six and a half. Yeah. I, I feel like that number is spot on. They could finish seven and 10 or six and 11. Right. Uh, Rod, take me away about the Rams. What are you thinking? So they're going to get two wins against Arizona. Where are they going to find the other five? That that's right. really what it all boils down to, right? Where are they going to find the other five wins? They, they only got five wins last year and Arizona was in their, in their conference. So, uh, or in their division rather. So, like I said, if you give them two against Arizona, they got to find five more this team may not find five altogether. I mean, it may be two and then three other on top of that. So um, yeah, you're right though. This number is kind of a, it's a trap. I mean, and, and, and it's at what the over is at one Oh five minus one Oh five. The under is at minus one fifteen. That's a long, that's a lot of, of juice to tie up in a, in a season long bet. And then also, if you take a look in the off season, they didn't spend a lot of money in free agency. I think they only signed two players in the off season. Um, and they also, yeah. this is another team like the Arizona Cardinals that had a lot of roster turnover guys leaving, right? We saw Jalen Ramsey head over to the Miami Dolphins. Allen Robinson's gone. Um, you take a look at the Bobby secondary. Wagner. Bobby Wagner returns to Seattle. Troy Hill. Um, Baker Mayfield led them to that 99-yard random win last season on Thursday Night Football. I believe it was against the Raiders, but a lot of roster turnover, especially in the secondary uh, for this team. So, I, I again, if if you have a healthy Matthew Stafford, you have a healthy Cooper Cup. That's a win. Uh, it's good for a yes. couple games. And again, the, also the mess that has kind of been a lot of turnover has been in that running back group, right? Cam Akers, we saw at least over the past couple of seasons had some issues with fumbling, um, but he's back in that uh, backfield for this team as well. But at six and a half, again, this is another team. If you look at it from a a positional unit rankings, thirty first in offensive line, thirtieth in running back 
receivers, 25th. If Cooper Cup wasn't there, this team would probably be dead last as far as their wide receiver group. Their front seven ranked number 31, and their secondary is ranked dead last. The only two green spots you see is uh, Sean McVay, sixth best ranked head coach, and then uh, Matthew Stafford right around league average at number 16. So it just kind of feels like we're probably going to see a repeat of what kind of transpired in this division last year, right? We saw where the Rams and the Cardinals were pretty much at the bottom, and then you have two teams at the top, the Seahawks and the Niners, um, that will probably be at that, you know, at least we don't feel like the Niners will be that division winner. And then Seattle probably contending for another wild card spot like they did last year. But I really didn't have much lot for this Rams team. Can anything else you want to add for this Rams team? No. Rod, I will say I will say that this <laughs> reminds me of of Thanos, and and people are asking the Rams, you won the championship, but what did it cost you? And Thanos says, says everything. The Rams are saying it cost everything because now they're in a rebuilding season forever, and it's like. Yeah, you got the championship, but what did it cost you? It cost them everything. Yeah. So, yeah, it really did. But, but they uh, got everything, I guess. At the same, well, right? I, I mean, they got yeah. everything, and they, and they had more. their Super Bowl at home. You know, it was just so. It was so LA. <laughs> Says the uh, Northern Californians. And, he, and get... I, I look. I lived in LA for like fifteen yeah. years. I know LA. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank God you're not a Lakers fan. That's all I got to say. Um, before we get over to the Seattle Seahawks, let me tell everyone about underdog fantasy. The NFL season is right around the corner and underdog pick is a great way to get down on a ton of NFL player props and is available in a ton of markets. Plus plenty of opportunities to win in their daily MLB contest. Of course, make sure to enter best ball mania Four, where first place gets $3 million. Head over to underdogfantasy.com. But make sure to use that promo code SGPN for a 100% deposit bonus of up to $100. Again, that's underdogfantasy.com using promo code SGPN. All right, getting over to the Seattle Seahawks. Now, this team last season was the most surprising team, at least in my eyes, and I think for a lot of people as well. Last season, they finished up with a record of nine and eight, second in the NFC West, got a playoff uh, spot at the wild card to fall to the um, San Francisco 49ers in that first game. But we saw the, yeah, we saw the rumors. The writing was on the wall, you know? It's crazy. I kind of go back and look at it like, how how did that even happen with the Seahawks last season? But a big reason, Geno Smith. Absolutely turned it around. He's his career turned around. We, I think, when we saw that Geno Smith was named the head coach, or sorry, the uh, starting quarterback for the Seattle Seahawks team, I think everybody ran to bet their win total under just because of the history that he had with the New York Jets, right? But I think for Seahawks fans, it was a breath of fresh air to see what Geno Smith was able to do for this team. Mm -hmm. Um, Obviously, one comeback player their year last year, deserving slow. Nine and eight last year, he gets the contract in this offseason, three years, 75 million to be the starting quarterback for the Seattle Seahawks uh, team. I, I really do like the roster, especially at the wide receiver position for this uh, Seattle Seahawks team. Currently, their win total is sitting at, uh, I believe it's nine and a, yeah, nine, nine and a half plus one ninety five. Yeah, I see it. It, nine and a half. it was eight and a half, then it was nine. Now it's nine and a half. People are crazy. <laughs> Plus 195 to win the uh, division. They are minus 120 to make the playoffs. 
Uh, conference odds 13 to 1, and Super Bowl odds currently sitting at 30 to 1 for the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, Katie, last season, Geno Smith, biggest surprise, I think, uh, in the NFL, rightfully. So, like yeah. I mentioned, one comeback player of the year. Do you expect some regression from Geno Smith coming into the season for the Seahawks team, or do you expect him to be as competent as he was? last season because that first i think seven to eight games he was absolutely fantastic there was a little bit of fall off for geno smith yes. in the second half of the year yes. but yes. what are you expecting yes. from at least geno and the seahawks this upcoming season well one obviously look i'm a 49ers fan so we don't always necessarily get along uh with the 12th man but all respect to geno smith to to have the career that that he's had and then to finally get that starting spot and to get paid a real contract and he played so well that he had the 12th man booing Russell Wilson, which I never thought that I would see <laughs> in my lifetime. So I do really like Geno Smith and I do really um, appreciate what he did last season, but Munaf, you, you hit on it. He already started to regress the way that he started the season versus the way that he ended the season were entirely different people. Weeks one through five, he, had, he was a number one PFF grade, number five EPA per play out of 35 quarterbacks. Week six through 19, he was number 21 PFF grade, number 21 in EPA per play out of 40 quarterbacks. So he already started to decline as the season went on. I think, again, people didn't expect much out of him. After the first yeah. four games, defenses started to plan for him a a little bit better. Now we are talking about the Seahawks and we talk about people who are well coached. Pistol Pete is an incredible coach. Okay. He's given me a lot of heartache over the years of my life. So he's another coach that you don't want to, um, that you don't want to count out. They, they had an incredible draft this year and I think yes. they drafted really well depth wise. Obviously you've got Jackson Smith um, in Jigba who's going to be really big for them, but you already have Tyler Lockett and you already have DK Metcalf. And then you've got the run game. Kenneth Walker, the third, I think is going to have a hell of a season this year. This nine and a half is insane. I thought they would push at nine. This is a, this to me, this is a nine win team this season. I think they've got four games from the Rams uh, and gimme's, you know, from the Cardinals. The Niners swept them last year. That's possible that happens, but it's also possible that we split. We've seen that happen in a lot of years. Um, I think this is a nine-win team. I would take that under. I would take them to to make the playoffs at minus 120. I think that when you look at their odds, what they have the six best odds to um mm and to win the entire conference and advance to the Super Bowl. So they should definitely be able to secure a wild card spot. I'm not going to take them over this nine and a half. I can't do that. They have gone over their win total in four of the last five seasons, but this is three and a half now games higher than it was last year. Now they have won nine plus games in 10 of the last 11 seasons. I think they had a great draft. They got a lot of depth. They got a lot of good players. I do think that we see some regression from uh, from Gino and um, take him to take the playoffs, but I wouldn't take him over nine and a half. That's crazy. Yeah, I mean, you nailed it. They had an absolutely fantastic draft. They had uh, two first-round draft picks. They got a uh, cornerback, uh, Devin Weatherspoon from Illinois, and then, like you mentioned, from Ohio State, uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba um, to add to their wide receiving group of Tyler Lockett and TK Metcalf already. And free agency, they added some key pieces to that defense as well, right? Draymond Jones uh, was a big coveted name that they paid and had added to their defense the return of Bobby Wagner, uh, to this team as well. They yes. also added Mario uh, Edwards Jr. Uh, and Devin Bush as well uh, to kind of give them some depth at that linebacking position. So, and they still have, uh, you know, Quentin Diggs in the uh, secondary along with Jamal Adams. And hopefully those two guys are able to stay healthy because uh, they've been uh, injured more often than not over the last several seasons. But 
look, I mean, the pieces are there for both this team on both sides of the football. And unfortunately for them, um, or fortunately, we can say, like we mentioned, they should get wins against the Cardinals and the Rams. But, you know, they this division does play the AFC North, like I mentioned, also the AFC East, or sorry, the NFC East. But the three games outside of those two divisions, it's the Titans, it's the Lions, and it's the Panthers. So they possibly could get two out of those three games uh, against those uh, opponents outside of the two divisions that they are playing this season. Uh, I really do like this roster, but at nine and a half, I'm, I'm with Katie here. I feel like that's, that's it feels like a stretch high uh, for well, this team. So Dev, go ahead. And, and Munaf, you know, the one thing with the 49ers, which we'll get into, they're traveling a lot of miles um, yes. this year. But, you know, the only team that's traveling more miles is the Seahawks. So they're going to have less rest um, than a lot of these opponents. And like you said, AFC North and uh, and the NFC East. And then you're traveling all that much. That's tough. And what's going on with their O-line? Maybe Rod can talk to us about that. Talk to me, Rod, about the Seahawks. Uh, listen, on this win total, the hook just keeps bring, bringing me back to the under here. I can't, yeah. I can't even, yeah, it's not, to me, if they win 10, that's, that's fantastic. I'll take the L on that, but I don't know that they're going to get to 10. So, and, and I mean, Katie just nailed it with the, with the Geno Smith evaluation. It's, you know, yes, we've seen these quarterbacks come out, have career years, and then they get paid. And then next thing you know, it's like, whoa, what happened? We just paid you all this money. And that's, oh, we remembered that you were the quarterback from the last 10 years that wasn't getting this done. No, Justin, I do not fear the Seahawks. Uh, <laughs> yes, like we may be able to split one and one. That's fine, but I'm not necessarily yeah. fearing them going into the future. So, um, And this O-line, too, they're going to have to block for the run game because obviously they love the run game, too. But if Geno takes a step back like we expect him to, he's going to try to dance around the pocket and then the O-line's not going to be able to necessarily stay with him to try to give him the time that he needs, right? And then if he tries to break the pocket, the O-line's got to block for him, too. It's, I just feel like this, this is an uphill battle for the Seahawks this year. They set their bar high. Now Seahawks fans are expecting this to happen again. And I just don't think yeah. it's going to happen again. It makes me nervous with what both you, uh, Rod, uh, and Kate, you mentioned about their offensive line because that offensive line comes in ranked number 25. Uh, yeah this upcoming season their skill positions uh, outside of the quarterbacks receivers number fourth coming into this uh, season and running back group number seven uh, and then in the secondary group like we mentioned is ranked number eight so they have at least three positions that are ranked inside the top 10 um, for this upcoming season so I think if you liked the eight and a half you probably missed a number now you probably can find a nine out there if I definitely shop around, but I'm starting to see this number move towards nine and a half. And I think I'm with both Rod and Katie here on the uh, under nine and a half for the Seattle uh, Seahawks. Well, and and Munaf, you know, there's yeah. that saying nothing, nothing matters if the O-line sucks. How is yeah. Gino going to have another breakout season if he's not protected? So you can look if you look at a lot of stats that what you just said, what they rank 21st in terms of their O-line, like that is something that you that Seahawks fans should be concerned um, about, and that's something that you definitely have to take into consideration because it's just it's just hard to do anything if you don't have protection. And it's, again, I think it's all predicated on like Geno Smith. Like last year, he yeah. led the NFL in completion percentage at sixty nine point eight percent. Right? He threw it's for four. Amazing. Yeah, he threw for four thousand plus yards last season. Thirty touchdowns, eleven interceptions. And from the information and the, the research that I did on the Seahawks, that he had a lot of uh, turnover luck. There was 
balls that he threw down the field where they could have been picked off. But again, when we talk about injury luck and turnover luck, those, at least the turnover luck, was in favor of Geno Smith. I think we're all here expecting to Geno to take at least a step back, and it might be a little difficult for him to duplicate what he did last season. Would I be shocked if he's able to do what he did again, what he did last season upcoming this year? No, but I think no. I, I, I'm in the favor of him taking a step back here for this upcoming season. And only because yeah. of the, the, because of the wide receiver group, right? We talked, we talked about DK Metcalf, um, uh, Tyler Lockett, and you added uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba, right? So I think that, and again, if you need to protect Geno Smith, you have that running back group as well, right? I am expecting, yeah. like Katie mentioned, a, a big uh, uh, season from Kenneth Walker, the third for the Seahawks team. Katie, anything else you want to add about the Seahawks? No, I mean, I'm I'm excited um, to see. And look, I think, Rod, you can agree, as a 49ers fan, you can't really ever fully count the Seahawks out, especially when they're coached by someone like Pete Carroll, who for a while, you know, had the 49ers number. So I'm interested, like, I again, we're all in agree agreements here that we're going to see a little bit of regression from Geno Smith, but they did have a, a great draft and they yeah. do have a lot of key pieces. So I think they're going to win some games. I think this is a nine-win team and we're going to take – I think taking them to make the playoffs is a good bet, um, but that's about it. I would take right. um, Geno Smith under on his on his passing yards too, right? Because it's pretty high. It's what three thousand eight hundred and a half. Um, and let's say they are going to be running the ball a little bit more. We think the kind of yes. Walker the third is going to have a big game, even though you have all of those pass catchers here. If you don't have good protection, they may be running the ball um, a little bit more. So I I don't know that he's going to hit that number. And they also drafted uh, Zach uh, Charbonnet as well. Uh, I believe yes. that's like in the third round to add yes. to that back uh, running back um, room as well. And Pete Carroll, and I think this is where the kind of the, the disconnect was between Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll. Is like, I mean, we saw, you know, people saying, let Russ cook. But it, I think that for Pete Carroll, it was that's just me. stuck in his own ways about like running the football. So I think that only helps towards taking the under. Um, on uh, Geno Smith's um, passing yardage for this upcoming season. Rod, any final well, thoughts and- for the Seahawks? Yeah. Go ahead, Katie. Go ahead, Katie. I'm sorry. Well, I was going to say the same can be said with Kyle Shanahan and Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, yeah. everyone says Jimmy couldn't throw the ball. Shanahan didn't let him throw the ball. And it wasn't yeah. until the, the very before he got injured, he started letting Jimmy air it out. And we saw him, you know, making some great throws. And then, of course, by the time Purdy got in, Shanahan changed his mind and allowed yeah. Purdy to throw the ball more. And, you know, I'm obviously very passionate about Jimmy Garoppolo. So I think what what. For different Pete reasons. did to Russ, Shanahan kind of did to Jimmy, and I think they're starting to change their minds a little bit more and, and actually let their quarterbacks cook. Well, I will say, though, that last season, what we saw Russ cooking was when I get in the kitchen and start cooking ramen. <laughs> and I, and when I add oh, my tofu yeah. in there, and I feel like I've cooked a, a, a fantastic <laughs> meal, and it was really just ramen and tofu. That was what we saw out of uh, Russell Wilson last year. Uh, Our, I wouldn't right, let Russ anywhere near my kitchen. getting over to the team that we're all waiting to talk about or at least rod and katie are uh the san francisco 49ers last season uh ended the season on a 10 game win streak in the regular season they ran away with the division in the second half of the year with a 13 and 4 record um they went all the way to the nfc championship game against the philadelphia eagles uh, where the injury to Brock Purdy occurred. Um, could have been a different outcome if he would have stayed healthy, but you know, hindsight is 2020. But 
coming into this season, they have a win total right now of 10 and a half. They are the odds on favorites to win the division at minus 160. I believe they are the third favorite to win the conference of the NFC at, uh, let's see here, where do I have it? Uh, plus 400. And they are 10 to 1 to win the Super Bowl. I will be as minimal and talk about this team because I do have the two 49er faithfuls here. I just want one fucking season where this team is healthy. That's all I want to see from this San Francisco 49er Same. team. Because they have just been riddled by so many injuries. It just like as I don't know what you guys feel as a 49ers fan with all those injuries, but it just kind of breaks my heart to see that all the injuries that have occurred with this team. But uh, Katie, it seems like Brock Purdy is uh, all good to go from the reports that we saw. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is has moved on to the uh, Las Vegas Raiders. Talk to me about your Niners. What are you expecting? Obviously, I know you were expecting them to uh, hoist the Lombardi Trophy at the end of the year, but talk to me about the Niners. So, you know, it's so interesting. Obviously, we know I'm passionate about uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, and I'm, I'm, I'm glad that uh, Mrs. Old Fashioned Football is also passionate. Most women are, I will say. Most women are very passionate about Jimmy <laughs> Garoppolo. Um, but what's so interesting is that Jimmy Garoppolo was also cleared and is practicing, and the Niners and the Raiders now have their joint practices in training camp. And it's like poor Jimmy Garoppolo just can't get away from the 49ers quarterback controversy because now he's going to have to play against Brock Purdy, you know, in joint practices and then again um, in the preseason. So my, my heart goes out to him. But as much as I love Jimmy Garoppolo in Brock Purdy, we trust. I mean, I absolutely love this kid. He's got talent. He's got determination. And he has the work ethic to be great. You know, and we saw a short sample size of that last season. I haven't seen, and Rod, I don't think you have either. I haven't seen the 49ers offense run that well in years. And even as someone who is a Jimmy Garoppolo fa fan, the kid came in, he beat the Dolphins. Then he beat Tom Brady and the Bucks. Then he went into Seattle and won in Seattle, won two playoff games. You know, he has more passing yards than any other Niners quarterback outside of Joe Montana in a playoff game. And that was a playoff game, I believe, that was versus um, the Dallas Cowboys. The 49ers are absolutely stacked. They added to the defense. We've got Hargrave now there, which I'm so excited to see him. Uh, I think Drake Jackson is going to have a better year. I'm so excited to see what he's going to do in training camp. He started off great last year and then kind of, uh, you know, wasn't available in the last few games. We got rid of McGlinchey, um, who I think, Rod, Niners fans, we kind of had a love hate with him uh, because where did all of our injuries happen? Oh, on the right side, because, you know, nobody's getting past the left side with Trent Williams lined up over there. But, you know, I hope we get some more consistency on the right side. You've got Christian McCaffrey and and guys, you know, the 49ers were 10 and 0 straight up in the 10 regular season games that Christian McCaffrey started in 2022. And I think Christian McCaffrey was so valuable um, to the 49ers and, and made such a huge difference that people forget that he was a mid-season acquisition. So what can yeah. we expect from a Christian McCaffrey and Kyle Shanahan and Brock Purdy offense? And let's not forget, Kittle played better under uh, Purdy. We haven't seen Kittle have a season like that. It's multiple touchdown games, you know, and and Bosa coming off of his uh, defensive player of the year. Yes, I know he's not at training camp right now, but from what I've heard, no one is worried that he's not going to get paid and start this season. I think he'll be the highest uh, defensive player uh, in the league right now. This team to me is a 12 win team. 
So I like this over. They they were at, at 11 and a half. It's been bet down to 10 and a half. Of course, we like that number better. Don't don't bet them minus what is it? Minus 220 now to win the division. You know, I, I'm not I'm not laying that money. It was 175 earlier, a little bit better odds there. But uh, th- this team, this team is going to be good this year again. Health is wealth, uh, but we've got three yeah. quarterbacks and, and and Rod, I'm sure you've been paying attention to what's happening in training camp. Purdy looked pretty good yesterday. And I know a lot of people, he's got some rust. He just had surgery five months ago. Okay. You're not going to get a perfect guy. It'll be interesting to see the quarterback battle between Lance and Sam Darnold. A lot of people, you know, the 49ers fans are you either love Lance or somehow you hate Lance. And I don't really understand <laughs> that either. Like I, and, and people want to, people even want to put me in like a Lance hater, which I'm not. Was I against giving up all that to draft the number three overall? Yes, because I thought we had a quarterback in Jimmy Garoppolo. And then when you see yeah. Brock Purdy do what he did, no, we're not going backwards and, and putting Lance in when, yes, it's a very, the, the sample size of Trey Lance is so small. It's, it's small in college. We barely saw anything in college. And then it's small in the NFL. We had two games where he looked like a rookie quarterback, which of course you expect from him. He, he was nervous. He didn't make good decisions. He threw in some tight coverage. Brock Purdy came in and yeah, he threw in some tight coverage too. And you want to talk about uh, getting some luck on turnovers. Brock Purdy had a few of those. Okay. That could have gone the other direction. Um, But Brock Purdy just looked decisive, which I've never seen from Lance. Um, And so I I love Brock Purdy. I think this is a 12 win team. I think that the Eagles are going to regress. They won 13 games last year. Their schedule was easy. It is a lot tougher this year. I love the Niners to win the conference. Um, and but then you got to get past Patrick Mahomes, which as we know better than anybody, Rod. That's a tough, that's a tall order. But uh, give me the order, uh, give me the over on this, and, and we can of course talk some props, but uh, end rant for Mox. Rod, <laughs> take it away. Uh, so yeah, and listen, you talk about uh, the first of all, I think the Niners made a gigantic mistake, anyways, taking uh, uh, Alex Smith instead of Aaron Rodgers. That was mistake number oh. one. But oh. to your point, Katie, we have, as Niner fans, suffered through so many years where we felt this close, right? But it was either Alex Smith holding us back and then Colin Kaepernick, whatever. But on the field, Colin Kaepernick had electric moments, but there was never that spark. There was never that feeling mm-hmm. that this was going to get us over the hump. This was going to get us yes. to the top of the heap, right? Jimmy Garoppolo came in and won all those games, was undefeated. We felt yeah, outstanding. And then he gets hurt and takes us a step back. I feel like this team is the most put together now. And with Brock Purdy, we saw we saw what we saw out of the early Jimmy Garoppolo years, right? Where he came in, he provided a spark, and we thought, okay, this is going to be great. But we always, especially as Niner fans, we're waiting for the other shoe to drop. Well, that other shoe <laughs> dropped. Yes. Unfortunately, uh-huh. Brock Purdy, that shoe dropped as well. But I, I feel like there's a lot of enthusiasm coming in. I feel like there's a lot of... of Great stuff. And as far as Trey Lance is concerned, I felt like we should have taken Justin Fields over Trey Lance because Trey Lance Mm. is an FCS quarterback. That was North Dakota or South Dakota State. One of the Dakota States. I can't remember right now. He was a jackrabbit. Forgettable. Forgettable. Exactly. It wasn't necessarily the what we were looking for to take our franchise to the next level. Was he fantastic there? Yeah, but he was playing FCS teams. How many games? He had sixteen like games or something. Games. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was uh, seven's an understatement, but yeah, I mean, it was seven, it was yeah. not. So it was ridiculous, and so I, I I was always questioning that move as well. It, is there talent there? Of course, yes. but as we saw, it's going to take a lot longer to to bring them along. Whereas Brock Purdy jumped in, 
And then now you you give him you give him Christian McCaffrey. Like you said, you got George Kittle there. That offense is stacked. The defense is just ridiculous. Scary. We know how good yeah, teams can't do anything against this Niners defense. Well, except for the Chiefs and except for the Eagles. But uh, <laughs> and the I, Eagles, I guess. You know, the Eagles fans are like, Oh, our defense did our job. That's that's yeah. why, you know, you that's why Purdy was injured. I'm like, oh God, I can't listen to you guys anymore. But yeah. <laughs> I can't either. But I, I agree with you. I, whatever the over is on this one, like you said, it's ten and a half. I'm looking at, I would definitely go to the over on this one because the over is juiced at plus 125. Like mm-hmm. that's, that's pretty good for a team that we yeah. think is going to get 12, 13 wins. So yeah. yeah, I definitely take the over on this. I love the conference obviously because who else is out there lurking in the shadows other than the it's Eagles? Just the, it's just the Eagles. And I think they're headed for some regression. I, I agree with you on that one. I mean, I, I like their defense has changed a lot. Mm-hmm. And they yeah. lost both of their coordinators too. Gannon, I'm sure they're happy to get rid of, but Shane Steichen is going to be a huge loss uh, to that offense, especially with Jalen Hurts. We saw the what, what the regression that happened when um, Dable left Josh Allen and the interceptions that happened. I, we might see that happen with Jalen Hurts. And by the way, all respect to Jalen Hurts. That guy is a dog, and what he did in the Super Bowl was incredible. And I, you know, I, I will not disrespect him personally, but. Uh, I think Shane Steichen had a lot to do with it. I think it was also, we talked about the acquisition of uh, Christian McCaffrey. I think it took a lot of pressure off of Debo Samuel having to be that guy on offense every single week before he got there. Right. And I think that's a great compliment between CMC and Debo that, you know, there's not pressure on both those guys because when CMC was with the Panthers, he was pretty much the offense, right? With Debo, you were expecting him to go for a hundred plus receiving yards every game and at least 50 rushing yards every single game for this offense to have success. But I think the one thing, Katie, you mentioned is that when Brock Purdy became the starting quarterback, that he uh, Kyle Shanahan unleashed him uh, to throw the football down the field even more. And we saw that in the number of points that this team was putting up when he became the starting quarterback. They're automatically putting up 30-plus points per game. Um, the only game I believe they didn't was in the playoff game against Dallas, and then they uh, scored 21 against Seattle where, again, they really didn't need a school go out there and score 30 plus points. So the dynamic of the offense changed, especially when Brock Purdy came in as a starting quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers team. And the Niners team again, comes into this season with a fifth easiest schedule in the entire national football league. Uh, Ken, you said you had some uh, player props for the uh, 49ers. Yes. Well, to, to, to go back to what you said about Debo, let's not forget the contract negotiations with Debo last year were really, really ugly. And Debo yeah. did say that it was a distraction for him in the offseason. And he didn't really start last season on his best foot, but he is motivated this year. Kyle Shanahan said he's never had a grown man send him so many shirtless photos, yes. uh, <laughs> but he is ripped and he is ready. And, you know, I think we're going to see really good numbers um, out of Debo this year. And, you know, it's interesting because I, I talk to a lot of people in fantasy on, on my podcast, Moxie Bets, and I've heard multiple times not to take Christian McCaffrey as um, as your top running back because Shan- one, Shanahan certainly runs a the running back room by committee, right? We've got yeah. um, Elijah Mitchell. We've got uh, Jordan up in that mix too. And yes, they are going to be splitting a lot of carries. And Christian McCaffrey is the Swiss army knife. And when we've seen him do absolutely everything, he runs the ball. Uh, he's one of the best um, backs that can cat pass catchers um, for running backs. We've seen him throw a touchdown pass. We've seen him block. Like we, he's just insane. Put him in there and he could pretty much do 
anything. So one, take Christian McCaffrey for the offensive uh, player of the year. He's the favorite. It's at plus 1100, but it's honestly not that chalky when you see this man in 17 games. And I don't believe that he's going to get injured because I do think that Elijah Mitchell and uh, Jordan, I'm forgetting his last name. It's I'm blanking on it right now. Um, are going to be able to split some of those carries. So one, take him over on his rushing yards. I think it's disrespectful. It's like 875 and a half. He's definitely going over that. Take him for offensive player of the year. And what I find the most interesting is George Kittle's touchdown passes. The line is at five and a half and it's at plus 110. George Kittle had a career high of 11 regular season touchdown passes last year. Seven of those came with Purdy. I like to call it the Iowa corn connection. The two of them together are getting touchdowns. The fact that it's only at five and a half is at plus 110. That is my favorite bet for the Niners this year because if Purdy is a starter, which all signs are pointed, that's what it's going to be. Kittle's going to have another absolutely dominant year. So that is way too low for our guy, George. There was moments last year where there were some George Kittle props that I, I really did like from a week-to-week uh, basis, and I had to just get validation from Katie. I would uh, send her a message. I was like, hey, this is what I like for George uh, uh, Kittle. She would give me the green light. So uh, I yeah. think all of those did cash when Katie gave me the green light for the Jimmy Garoppolo props. Uh, Rod, <laughs> uh, thoughts on uh, the prop bets for uh, Katie? Anything else you want to add for the Niners before we get into some best bets? Well, I tell you, no. the as far as Christian McCaffrey goes, it, it's exciting because, I, and Katie, I think, the last time I remember being this excited about a lead back was Frank Gore. And that was literally the oh, last my favorite. time. I was yeah. Right. And, and since then, I mean, it's been a, a smattering of, of great running backs, but we've never had that anchor. The guy that's like, yes, this is our back for the next four or five seasons. Right. It was Mostert. Mostert was, was okay. And like, I don't know, just to me, it just never felt like that Frank Gore yeah. type of a yeah. guy. Christian well, McCaffrey. This is that guy. This is that guy that we can say he's in the backfield. He's going to stay in the backfield. So, yeah, you're right. His number, his rushing number, disrespectful for 17 games. Take the over on that for sure. And and then for George Kittle, I mean, him and Debo now and Brandon Ayuk, all these guys are just going to be so much more relaxed now that they've got uh, Brock Purdy back. Like This is all training camp starting with him now. We get a full camp with Brock Purdy. Watch out. Niners, according to Warren Sharp, uh, positional group rankings, running backs, number one, receivers, number three, front seven, number two, secondary, number 12, and Kyle Shanahan comes in ranked as the fourth best uh, head coach in the entire National Football League, which leads us now to wrap up this NFC West division. Let's uh, throw out some best bets for this division. It can be anything, uh, prop bets, division winner, win totals, make miss playoffs, conference odds, whatever you want to give out uh, to our listeners. Rod, you want to lead us off here? Um, I actually, I like Katie's. Uh, uh, <laughs> Let's go. Five and a half. I, I can't, I can't argue with that. I mean, everything else is, is gravy, but five over five and a half for, for George Kittle hammer that please. That's going to, that's going to cash. That's going to cash by week eight. <laughs> I guarantee you right now. Literally. I can't, I can't uh, believe it's at plus money. Yeah, I mean, you nailed it, right? Like 11 touchdowns, seven of those came from Brock Purdy, and we're expecting Brock Purdy to be the full-time starter, and he is going to be the starter uh, for this 49ers team uh, for the entirety of the season, unless something catastrophic happens. He has an injury or just absolutely oh. sucks. But He put it out there. Stop him. Stop him. It's stop not going to happen. You. Don't worry. Don't worry. I'm going to quickly I'm worried read about week one, though, Rod. I'm worried about week one. I don't know that I want Purdy up against TJ Watt uh, out the gates there, but we'll. 
Well, I tell you what I want is I want Brock Purdy to be able to maneuver himself around uh, and skillfully uh, get away from TJ Watt. I, I, you're right. I mean, obviously, we're going to need to set up some extra protection in that. But, yeah, it, it's a little scary. Hopefully, he can move around and, and stay away from trouble. Katie, best bet for the division? Uh, take him to take the Niners to win the conference. I believe it's at plus three uh, fifty. Uh, take George Kittle over five and a half at plus one ten, and uh, Christian McCaffrey over on his rushing yards, and then Offensive Player of the Year at plus eleven hundred. All of those hit, by the way. All at good plus money. You're gonna be running high this year, this uh, this uh, end of the season. All right, uh, my best bet. I'm just gonna fade the worst team in this division, the Cardinals. Give me the four and a half under. Oh, yeah. um, Definitely shop around. They may be some fives out there, but it just makes a lot of sense what we talked about with the uh, the quarterback position, right? Even if Kyler Murray comes back, I think it'll still take him a game or two um, to kind of get his feedback under him, right? Especially when you're coming off of a torn ACL, you're a little timid, and you're still trying to you know get up to game speed and things like that. With, again, this kind of just it feels like a transition year for the Arizona Cardinals. A um, lot of roster turnover. You have a new head coach, a rookie new head coach. Coordinators are new as well. You lost a lot of key pieces. Your division, or sorry, your um, positional rankings are some of the worst in the uh, entire National Football League. So I expect this team to at least have, at least at bare minimum, one top five pick. If it's my Texans are are going to be atrocious as well, they might just have two top five picks coming into the next uh, next year's draft. And again, like we mentioned, Caleb Williams's name has been rumored or is going to be the one quarterback that all yes. these teams that need a quarterback are yes. going to be after. And I think the Cardinals just may be in that conversation. And again, they may want to move on from Kyler Murray as well. So that will be my best bet. I'll take the Cardinals under four and a half wins for this NFC West division. All right. That is going to wrap it up for our first divisional preview for the upcoming NFL season, the NFC West uh, Katie, anything you want to plug and then let our people know where they can find you. Yeah. Um, all right. So you can find me on CBS Sports HQ on Sportsline every Monday through Thursday from 6 to 7 p.m. And you can find that on Paramount Plus, the CBS Sports app or cbsports.com. I have my Moxie Bets podcast um, through Omaha Productions and uh, ESPN, which is on ESPN's YouTube channel. That's every Monday and Thursday, usually post in the late afternoon. And then I'm also on the Pick 6 podcast. And we are Monday, Tuesday, Thursday. We've just now gone back to live show. So I got to actually hop on that here pretty soon. Um, and that is on the CBS sports, um, YouTube channel as well. So I I got my, I got my hands in everything, (laughs) uh, this year, but I'm just so excited that football is back and I'm sure you can hear it in my voice. I'm very passionate about the 49ers. Um, and I feel good about this season, which I say every season. One of the hardest working people in sports media and in the betting industry, Katie Mox Rod, anything else, my man? Nope, just uh, I'm on X at RJ Gomez. There's a link in the bottom. Yes. I think I got going on. Whether it's here, whether it's the NASCAR Gambling Podcast, uh, I was doing some soccer videos for a while for Odd Shopper. Uh, got my Fast Money Show coming out later on this week too with the Four Frequency Sake Network. Uh, yeah, just uh, yeah, we're back. We're back, Moonoff. Excited. Let's to be go. Back. Yes, NFL is back again. If you haven't already subscribed to the NFL Gambling Podcast YouTube uh, channel, now is the time. We'll have division previews two a week leading up to the season with the various uh, hosts on the NFL Gambling Podcast. So do us a favor and go ahead and subscribe. Follow me on Twitter. I'm going to call it Twitter. I'm not going to call it X. Sorry, guys. At SportsNerd824. Till then, good luck with your bets. Let's break these books off and let it ride.